Isaac. What? How are you today? I'm good. I'm very excited. Are you excited? Is today yeah. special? Today's our very special episode for the Oscars. I'm very excited. Special episode. Wah, wah, wah. Okay. So, what are we doing today, Isaac? Well, we didn't this introduce is... ourselves. Oh. Either. Just blew past that. <laughs> I'm Eli. <laughs> I'm Isaac. And we're the Popcorn Brothers. Welcome to the podcast where we discuss movies so you don't have to. We cover <laughs> our favorite movies most of the time. We give most each other time, movies yeah. back and forth. And, um, you know, we critique things. We talk about what movies we saw in theaters this week normally. And then we watch trailers and we discuss just uh what we consider classics and we have opposing tastes so this week you're not getting any of that though so (laughs) welcome welcome to the show this is your first time because it's uh we're going we're going head first into the pool that is the academy awards and it's uh is it slimy is it clean you're about to you're about to find out i guess it's it's whatever you want it to be it's the i don't know interpretation of the cleanliness of the pool that is awards for movies so um yeah, I don't. I normally would kick this off, but this is your big week, Isaac. I as it long is. as I, I have, have so known you, and we're brothers, so I've known share. you for a long time. Um, yeah, no kidding. I've known that you wanted to talk about the Oscars in this in this detailed uh, uh, way. I, I don't know what word I was looking for there. We let's. I mean, let's do it. Just lead the way you leave me i'm here i'm the audience well yeah so typically this is where we start the podcast and then we do a trailer watch and we talk about what movies we saw this week which i actually saw two movies this week we'll save those for next week though when we get back into the regular stuff but i'll just start it off so eli what do you know about the oscars i know that there are awards held and given out to movies and there are many categories (laughs) and you know uh cool that's it great <laughs> well you'll be getting some knowledge today and um hopefully so will everybody else so if you've ever we're sort of i conceived this episode mm-hmm. since uh well this will drop on a wednesday so next sunday is the oscars and so the academy will be bestowing their best of the year awards basically mm-hmm. to the movie industry and um, we'll talk about whether or not we agree with those and what they're, who's probably going to win and who should win. And then if you don't know a lot of the stuff, we're going to hopefully impart some wisdom on you. So, um, I guess we can just get right into it. Yeah. What do you want to talk about first? Isaac? Well, let's start with what the Oscars really are. So obviously the Oscars are actually called the Academy Awards. That's their official name. The okay. Oscar is sort of this layman's term they were given at some point and yeah I have so who them. is oscar we don't know how about <laughs> that um i actually have that information some information about that they don't know what the origin of the name oscar was um there's a whole bunch of different sort of uh stories i'm trying to like tall not tall tales what mm. am i trying what story am i kind of trying to come up with here urban legends urban legends that's it there's a couple of different urban legends about how this came to be how they came to be called the Oscars, but it's real. The name for that is pretty old because there was a time magazine article that referenced Oscars in 1934, which is about the time of the sixth awards that they gave out. Okay. And apparently Walt Disney thanked the Academy for his quote unquote Oscar. 
uh, in as early as 1932. So it's been a long time. We don't really know where the name officially Oscar. came from, but okay. here it is. Oh, well, I mean, has the trophy always had the same? Has the it trophy, always has been looked the same. the same. Yeah, it's, it's like a, sort of an art it's a deco person. With person. Wings. Is it not a person it doesn't with have wings? wings? That's it seems the like it has wings. Oh, okay. the Emmys has the like angel. The Oscar is just uh, Oscar like is just Olympic like a person. straight up man. Yeah, just standing. Just as an art deco styled man. Who is Oscar? It's going to haunt me now. <laughs> Maybe Eli can do some intense research and come up with uh, who Oscar really is. I should. It's, there was something about a secretary whose like uncle was named Oscar and she said he looked that the award looked like her uncle. And so that might have been how it came to be or wow. what a know. story. I'm telling you lots of stories. <laughs> Anyways, the Oscars, or the Academy Awards, which is their official name, uh, it's a set of 24 awards for artistic and technical merit uh, for the American film industry that's given out by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Um, So that's a special, basically, um, group sort of club, in a way, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) That, I mean, but I mean, the Oscars and the Academy Awards and the Academy is basically as old as the movie making industry itself is. They were started in the 20s. This is the 90th anniversary. The awards that are coming out on Sunday is the 90th year that they've been giving out. And they originally started in 1929. The first awards were given on May 16th, 1929. So they've been here as long as the... Dang. Uh, that's basically as long as the filmmaking industry has been around in America. Yeah. Um, there's a whole lot of the history of the Academy itself, mm-hmm. which isn't particular. I didn't feel like it's particularly interesting. If you're looking, if you want to know how they <laughs> came to be, you can look them up on Wikipedia. Basically it's just an industry award that Hollywood gives to itself to recognize uh, achievements in film for the year. So should we be imagining that the Academy is like a dark court that um, is in control of what's happening in the movie industry? No, or because, do you picture I mean, them? It's, pre- it's got pretty like, I mean, there's a board of the board of governors. There's like 24 or 30 people that basically run the whole thing. They do have a president that's elected, but we know who all these people are. It's not some dark organization. And these are typically people that like were directors or producers. It's or? all kinds of stuff. All kinds of those people can make okay. up the Academy. Okay. Um, it's basically a professional honorary organization with the stated goal of advancing the arts and sciences of motion pictures. That's what the, the Academy calls itself hmm. and what it says that it is. Um, well, that was the next little segment where we're getting into is what is the Academy and who's in the Academy and okay. that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, the Academy has approximately 6,000 voting members right now. 6,000? More or less. That's who a lot, are, that's a lot of people. Um, well, there are all kinds of people. Uh, there are 17 different branches. So there's a branch for producers. There's a branch for directors. There's a branch uh, it's for not actors. By cities, it's by type of member. Yeah. So the, the different branches. Well, yeah, because I mean, most of these people live in la or hollywood oh, um so there's different branches so there's an odd. acting branch there's a directing branch of producers vote? well i'll tell you oh. how you can get to become a member of the academy if you'd <laughs> okay like to okay keep going i'm getting ahead of but me, i mean sorry. most of these people if you if you can think of an quote-unquote a-list actor they're mm-hmm. probably a member of the academy hmm. so how do you become a member of the academy uh, it is by invitation only unless oh. you get sponsored. So you basically have to be invited to join their exclusive little club. And I have the qualifications for that here too. So Wait, what's sponsoring is not the same as inviting? Is, I guess only no, higher I mean, members can invite and then sponsors well, will be a okay, lower so member every year, vouching? Every year after the Oscars are given out, yeah. there's kind of this period where the, I guess, 
I guess the board decides who they want to extend an invitation to. Mm -hmm. We'll get into a little bit about that too, where recently more and more people are being invited because they're trying to change the makeup of the Academy. Well, yeah, because there's a, there's a diversity issue that we can talk about. It was a closed environment. And now like people, I mean, as wide as it is and as much pe- access as people have to viewing it and like seeing more movies. Well, but right? it's still only industry people. So you and I, if we tried to get into the Academy, it wouldn't happen because yeah. they, they want to be people who are, they want people in the industry, yeah, which is that's fair. fair. So it's the industry. And there's a criticism that we'll get into is where a lot of people just say, Oh, well it's just the industry patting themselves on the back. And I'm like, well, yeah, but they're in the industry. So they kind of know, like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, I don't feel like I should be able to give an award to somebody who is, well, who's the best civil engineer of the year. I don't know yeah. because I don't know anything about that quite personally. Yeah, <laughs> totally true. Yeah, it's like I mean, it would be like you know having a, or should, should having regular, the engineer vote for the best song of the year. <laughs> or yeah, exactly. Or you know, should I should I as a regular layperson be a member of the Olympic committee that decides who the best figure skater of the year is? No, it should be people who know things. Probably about figure people skating. that know things about figure skating. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I mean, and there's you know. A, you know what regular lay people can have? They can have people's choice. So wait, choice how is the bubble closed and how are they making it more diverse? Or is that a later topic? It's, we'll get into that and okay. we're working on doing that, I guess we're getting into that. Okay. But so there are qualifications. Basically there's these certain qualifications. If you meet this criteria, then you're pretty likely to get invited if you're, somebody who knows somebody in a way. Yeah. So writers, producers, and directors must have at least two screen credits to their name and actors must have credited roles in at least three films. Pretty basic, easy there Um, for the technical branches, which is um, stuff like sound, visual effects, that sort of thing. um, They have their own qualifications for that. And a lot of it has to be, you have to be active in the field for a certain number of years. And it just depends given your area of expertise. Oh, I guess that would be editing. Yeah. Things like like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to be a member and you don't have the credentials, you can try to get two or more current members to sponsor you. And then you get approved or denied by the board. Hmm. So if I had never been in a movie before I was in, let's say I was in one movie. I went to Hollywood and I got cast in a movie and I really wanted to vote for the Oscars if I went and found Will Jennifer Smith Lawrence and, Will and Smith. Jennifer Lawrence and I was like, <laughs> will you guys sponsor me? And they're like, yeah, Isaac, you're so great. I'll sponsor you. And then the board of directors would either approve or deny that. So what I need to do is go schmooze with actors at the club <laughs> until they sponsor me. Into yeah, being an maybe. Oscar voter. Okay. Or That's maybe one day I've never, I don't have any credits to my name, but maybe one of them will listen to my podcast and be like, Oh, Isaac, you should really vote for the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should totally be a voting member. They're probably going to invite us after the criticism <laughs> section. They'll be like, let's send these dudes <laughs> an invitation. No, we're white. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyways, the easiest way, actually the easiest way to get into the Academy is to get nominated. Even if you've only been in one movie, but you get nominated for an Academy award, you're basically in, they will pretty much automatically invite you the next year to be a part of the Academy. If you get nominated, I mean, I, I, one would hope. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) anyway, yeah. Um, one more thing, which is kind of interesting is that members can only belong to one branch of the Academy. Yes. So if you're somebody, the, example i saw about this was ben affleck so let's talk about ben affleck ben affleck had been in movies director and then he 
I think he went into the acting branch. We also have plenty of other people like that. George Clooney, Brad Pitt. Those people were actors first. They have branched Clint off Eastwood. and they started doing uh, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised too with that. They started producing movies. They started directing movies. But if you've already been let into one branch, that's your branch. I'm assuming most of those people are acting members. Yeah. Instead of... Those other things, which we'll get into why? it. They still get to vote. I don't know why Who that. Cares? I kind of thought. I kind of thought that's the weirdest thing. Like if if Brad Pitt has produced at least three movies that are like Oscar nominated movies, like yeah, I feel like he should be able, to, be able branches. to. Yeah. Well, not even change branches. Like, what does it matter? Because really, what we're talking about, which branch you're in, only affects the nomination portion. And if you've done enough in those in that branch, surely you should probably be able to be let in and be, yeah, yeah you like have you can expertise do in that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I don't Stupid. really, although product producers is really just the best picture, but I don't know. And everybody gets to nominate and vote for that. Yeah. So I don't know, but I mean, we're talking about director. George Clooney is a director. He directs, he's directed several movies yeah. before. So I don't know. I disagree with that point. I feel like you should probably be able to be a member of more than one branch. If you're, qualified enough but yeah well, i mean or change or something or sure change like, why, yeah like ben affleck i don't really think well he so was concrete he did act in his own movie this year which didn't get any attention so what what movie that live by night movie i don't, I don't it's like a gangster at thing. all no <laughs> well exhibit a there you go no, no, that's true i mean george clooney had that movie with matt damon that bombed yeah in the suburban the old cohen brothers script that they were like we're not gonna do this oh is that (laughs) you can have it if you want whoa (laughs) rough anyways oh i never saw downsizing speaking of that well it also even though alexander payne has is usually pretty well received by the academy they didn't pick that up so yeah i don't know what happened to that it looked good I heard that it wasn't that good, but mm, I don't rough. know. Maybe we'll watch it sometime. Anyways, also membership does not expire in the Academy. Um, although there are some kind of rules about you have to have been active for a certain number of decades, decades. in order to keep your voting status. So you never get ex- expelled, quote unquote, or your membership doesn't expire if you're not yeah. working anymore. Okay. So if you were an actor in the 20s, 30s, and 40s and you're still alive, you're st- still in... To have voting rights, there are some kind of new, newer rules about how many times you had to be in movies and how many decades and some stuff like that. But that's just to vote. You never get completely removed from the academy. Oh, so there's but to actually joining vote for and them, then being able to vote are two separate. Well, criteria. most of the time it's the same thing with Oops. the new rules for diversity, where they're trying to let more people in and change their the makeup, their membership makeup. Yeah, there are some different rules about voting like how what it takes to get your to be able to vote but if you're really interested in that just look it up there's plenty of information about that i didn't ever say where most of my sources came from most of my sources are most of my source here is wikipedia but otherwise i'll point out what it is (laughs) (laughs) sick okay um also you have to this is the voting privileges thing you have to work in motion pictures for three different 10-year periods to retain your voting membership which is complicated because it's like 1990 to 2000, 2000 to 2010 and 2010 to 
Only two people have ever been expelled from the Who were they? Oscars. I want the full story. I bet you can guess one of them. I can guess one of them? Mm-hmm. So Is the it first Harvey one? Weinstein? <laughs> yeah, here's the second one. That's why I brought it up. Because <laughs> I just wanted to laugh about that. Yeah, that guy sucks. Um, yeah, Harvey Weinstein was expelled from the Academy this year for his many, many, many good crimes against all people in this world. And then the other person was Carmine Caridi in 2004, and he what? was expelled for copyright infringement because he was leaking screeners, probably at the early ages of the internet sort of thing. Mm. That's what I assumed. He was I, didn't a get the full, I didn't get the full story about it, but that's what I heard. Mm. Or that's what Wikipedia told me. I heard it. <laughs> I heard it from <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, so there is getting into this you can't really talk about the academy anymore without at least talking about this diversity issue that's come up over the last couple of years yeah so So, was the academy all white people 20 years ago is that what you're saying um so in a word yeah a little bit um so historically obviously in this country we are still coming to terms with a lot of diversity issues still and one thing that is talked about at the academy is it's all white men mostly all white men so when old older when those Wait, members because they were members did they always let women in and people of color I mean, or was this like yes, a racist but, sexist organization it's not like that but we're still talking about an industry where you know the people who have power let uh, like you know you know what do you i I'm trying to articulate this and I'm not necessarily the best person to articulate. It's old white man boys club culture. Yeah, sort of. Sure. I mean, and so they let people, they let women in, but did they let a lot of women in? Mm, Probably not. Did they let African-Americans in? Yeah. Denzel Washington's been a member of the Academy for a while. I'm sure Will Smith is a member of the Academy, but the number of smaller actors or members, or I mean, we're going to talk about the fact that Rachel Morrison has been nominated for the cinematography award. She's the first woman that ever got nominated so how many women cinematographers do you think there are? Probably a bunch. No, I don't think there are that oh, many really? at all. You don't think <laughs> no, so? What? Because they haven't been nominated before, so how would they get to be a member of this academy? Oh, you would have I to be see. You see I think what I I'm misunderstood saying? your question. Well, <laughs> when most of the people are older white men, they probably were for many decades, they were mostly awarding older white men or yeah. men, white men. So yeah. then the number of people that are in the academy based on these qualifications are probably typically Mm. white men so obviously we're trying to we're sort of moving towards a place where hopefully there are more people that are getting more opportunities to showcase what they can do but also a lot of those people just didn't work in the film industry in the 20s and 30s and the 40s who were most of the people that worked in the film industry white men so and they're still if they're living they're still a member of the academy so this generally the makeup currently this is what it got to be because we were only letting because the Academy was only letting people in based on these qualifications. Most of those people were men and they were white men. And then now we're dealing with the fact that most of those people are still alive. They're still voting. So just the makeup of the Academy was mostly older white men. And I have this, according to a February, 2012 study conducted by the LA times, which sampled over 5,000 of the 5,765 members. The Academy at that time was 94% white 77% 77% female, 86% age 50 and older, and the av- the median age was 62. 62? Yes. So 
we are talking about a lot of old white men hanging That's out together. Just old. <laughs> and, and they choosing, don't work. They're not active anymore, right? Uh, they're not working necessarily, but they still get to vote. That is... The, <sighs> so do we we see where that could probably create somewhat of an issue. Yeah. Um, so obviously in 2015 and 2016, the hashtag Oscar so white controversy came around because all of the major uh, acting awards were all white people. Yeah. There were obviously male and female for the categories, but it was all white people. Mm. Um, so faced with mounting pressure to modernize the Academy membership, the Academy capitulated and instituted all new policies to ensure that the future Academy membership invitations would better represent the demographics of modern film going audiences. The Academy committed basically to doubling the number of women and minorities <clears throat> that were in its group by 2020 good yeah and so hopefully and so and it so actors we're going to talk about how you get nominated for the acting branch it was probably a lot of older white men who were actors in the 20s 30s 40s we're still getting to vote we're still getting to nominate and they aren't necessarily going to maybe go see those movies that are for more modern audiences that have these different you know that's we talk about the number of you most of them won't yeah, we talk about the number of movies that are female centric. Like this, I think I just saw a study the other day. I didn't really read it or anything, but obviously, three of the biggest movies this year featured women in the lead roles because you had Beauty and the Beast, you had Last Jedi, Shape of Water, but that's not a big oh, one. No. We're talking about huge like <laughs> movies that everybody went to go see. I can't think of the third one, but it also had featured a woman in the main role. So obviously, these three ones that we saw were huge for women, but then the rest of the movies, actually, women representation went down. Three billboards? That's not... No, I'm talking about the hugest movies of the year. And none of these... <laughs> actually, none of the movies that are nominated for the Academy Awards are what? the hugest movies of the year, really, because I actually saw an article where it's like the lowest... The th- nine movies that make the Best Picture nominees is like the lowest grossing set in like six years, maybe. It's becoming the hipster awards. Which we're going to talk about <laughs> a little bit of that. So I think we've kind of talked about the a diversity issue in terms of the Oscar Academy and how we're changing that yeah, potentially but now the hipsters have gotten in but we have some criticisms <laughs> of the academy and the oscars <laughs> so obviously one thing we can talk about is marketing versus quality so a lot of people well, feel of like the show or of the movies of themselves? the movies that get oh, selected okay. to be nominated oh, okay. for oscars so we can talk about how a lot of people feel that the oscars is a big marketing ploy so basically if you have a high-powered producer who determines that they want this movie to have this person acting in it and they basically rev up the marketing machine and they market it well enough it can get nominated even though it may not be really the best quality movie of the year other movies that are really high quality but maybe don't have the backing of a huge studio that don't get aren't able to necessarily get out there as much they don't necessarily get awarded even though they might be better I tend to think that because of some of the ways that Hollywood has changed, especially over the recent years, that was a big deal in the 90s and Mm -hmm. in the 80s, I think. Nowadays, it's very different because of the internet, because marketing is changing in a lot of ways. I mean, 
like I think last year was a great example. In the 90s, a movie like Moonlight would have never yeah. probably even been nominated, much less beat something like La La Land, which had huge studio backing, had a huge marketing push. Yeah, and I... I discovered that moonlight was a movie via social media exactly that was, and that's how everyone that i knew that wanted to go see it found it was it like facebook ads from the movie itself or twitter ads or instagram ads which is yeah which I, is strange but like i mean i saw theaters doing that and i saw moonlight itself doing well, that i'm pretty and sure we, and, and we're definitely seeing we're me. definitely seeing stuff like that change because there's no other way in a couple of years ago that get out would still be being talked about for the Academy Awards. It came out in February, which is not quote unquote Oscar season. It's been a whole year. Oh yeah, exactly. Wow. So the whole Oscar bait was a big thing before where it's a term used in the film community community for movies that appear to have been produced for the sole purpose of earning nominations. Mm -hmm. So they basically make the movie so that it'll win a lot of Oscars. Yeah. Um, Talking about the post, right? (laughs) I didn't say that, but I don't disagree. (laughs) But so we can kind of like, I think that, yeah. And then we've seen like when we went and saw the post, did you not think this is totally an Oscar movie from like the nineties? Like that's exactly what it seems like it would have been made for and people would have loved it, but it doesn't work anymore. I think because we're, because I think times are changing on that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes the Oscars gets criticized, especially for the acting awards when, sometimes an actor or actress is not as awarded for their body of work over an individual performance. Kind of like how Leo Dio won for the Revenant. Except for, I think that a lot of people agree that that was a pretty good performance, but yes, exactly. A great well, example. Any better or worse than what he normally that's does. That's a great example of a time when people decided this person doesn't have an Oscar. It's kind of and their a great turn. example of the power of memes, because I think memes drove that uh, movement. Well, do you remember? Do you remember the I memes? I mean, I remember this man. And poor created. Leo has had. I mean, Leo's a great actor, but yeah, he's definitely. I don't know if he's been robbed a few times or not. Probably so to some extent, but. I mean, and that's what a lot of people criticize the Oscars because, or maybe if this person is a no name, they've never really been in a lot of movies before, but the famous person who's been in a lot of movies is nominated. They might beat them just because, I mean, I feel like that's kind of going on a little bit this year. I don't, I mean, Frances McDormand, we can talk about best actress and at the end of the day, all awards are affected by clout. Oh, of course. Just by clout and by personal bias. I mean, there's no, doubt that there's an the more that people voting that, too, that you're so. friends with the more likely you are to win Let's well sure real. and we can also talk about um taste because to me a lot of times when people you know i always think this so there's sort of when i was in film school you're taught kind of the right way to do something the way that makes sense the way that works not the right the educated way not the right way well but it's also if you're way. trying to communicate something to people, I mean, I studied communications. So there's a certain way if you want somebody to get your message, there's a certain way that you craft it so that people understand it. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about the basics there, but then we're also talking about how it comes off. Well, there are specific techniques that you use to light your movie correctly. Yeah. Now you can experiment with different things that are cool or different and, and, once you've gotten it quote unquote correct, you've done the correct way so that it shows up on film. You can see the subject in the frame. There yeah. are different techniques you can do, which maybe you want less light so that it's kind of dark and shadowy. Maybe you want more light. So it's brighter and you can see. 
So at some point, a lot of times I feel like with the nominations, you're just deciding what you prefer. Hmm. So like if we're talking about five acting performances, they might be five. They might all be really excellent performances, but maybe one of them is a humorous performance. Maybe one of them is a more dramatic performance. Maybe one of them is subtle where another one's a little more overt. So you are ultimately still deciding kind of, and that's based on personal preference too. There are plenty of times that I was in class and I might have read two different stories or seen two different short films and they're both good, but I just prefer one over the other because I just might like the subject content or I might like their artistic vision versus somebody else's. Yeah. So a lot of times we're talking about things that should win or this one's going to win when this one should. A lot of times it's just about taste and at the end of the day, we're judging art. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And art is subjective. 100%. Yeah. So it's just, that's a big criticism sometimes yeah, that there's no basis levy. we're not lifting but weights yeah. this person does not lift more than exactly. this person it's not a sport it's yeah. a it's a competition or it's a yeah an art it's awarding art so it's a popularity contest to some extent <laughs> and a lot of people have criticized it a lot of times for that but and, i mean that's that's i but what else can, do they I mean, want what else well, could you it can't. be you I know mean, at some point you can't defend against that it is what it's it what is awards but, are it's the yes, flaw exactly. of awards exactly 100 percent um, and then I do know that a lot of, I would, I don't want to say the average person. I'm an average person. You're an average person. Oh, I'm not an average person, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times the Oscars are not awarding movies that a lot of audiences have seen. And a lot of people criticize that they don't understand, but to some extent I can sit on both sides of that coin because I've seen movies that I think are great but doesn't get a lot of Academy attention. But I've also seen movies that a lot of audiences really respond to that. I will tell you, I've gone to see that movie and I thought as a person who has studied film, who has produced a couple of short films on my own in class that I can look at those movies and say, this is an completely objectively. It is a terrible movie. And if you like, and I like terrible movies, there are some movies that I love that I can sit there and say, this is an awful movie. I still enjoy watching it for X, Y, Z. Mm. But just because it's popular doesn't necessarily mean it's quality. Yeah. Fact. No. That's... And so, you know, it, it's tough. I would, and to people who criticize that the Academy doesn't, the Academy is too hoity-toity in terms of the industry. They look down on people who want to go see movies. I would encourage those people to expand their horizons and kind of maybe try out some different movies that you haven't seen before. Cause you might find something that you like in them or you might just think they're completely boring, which is also totally fair because I thought Phantom Thread was pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird one that that would be branching out for most people. I do. Exactly. Believe. But also we're, so we can talk about movies that have gotten nominated that might not have been nominated in previous years past. The audiences loved get out and I love get out. I think mo- I get out. Oh, was I a great a I think it was a great movie and we're sitting here talking about how it's been nominated for awards this year. So I think we might be moving in the right direction. We can talk about how the Oscars changed once the dark Knight came out because a lot of audiences thought that the dark Knight should have been nominated for best picture and things like that. Or we, I mean, but, and so we kind of expanded the awards. So things like get out are being talked about because of that. I think we haven't ever gotten a best picture nomination for a superhero movie yet, but maybe that's coming. Uh, on the flip side of the coin, on the flip side of the coin, Titanic 
the year that Titanic came out and won like 13 awards was the highest rated Oscar telecast in years because or, or maybe of all time because it was Titanic and everybody saw Titanic and everybody liked Titanic. Looking back on it back a little bit, Titanic is a perfectly fine movie. It has weak <laughs> points, but you know, it was popular. <laughs> so did we, I think we covered, do you have anything else to say about criticisms of the Academy and the basic, uh, no, Makeup I think of it. that was, I mean, as little as I know about all this in general, since I literally know nothing, I, uh, I feel that we covered what my thoughts were on what could be criticism. And I think, and I think you covered it very well. well and I think a lot of those criticisms can be that. valid. Yeah. We are talking about a flawed system that is made yeah. by... More so, I had some predictions on what the history and what I know about it's um, what I know about people's criticisms in general from the last few years, which I never, I never really pay attention. Awards are not my thing. I've always known well, that I, it's just you know, like, it's just BS, but yeah. And, and I it mean, is, it, but it may or may not somebody, be, it may or may not be marketing. Yeah, of course. Like well, people like I to do, say yeah. like, Oh, they're just trying to sell things. But yeah, you know what? There's still 6,000 people voting. Yeah. They're probably voting correctly. I believe enough in the system that they're, it's it's a realistic you know well it's, voting i mean choice. you're doing and the there best. are surprises and there are changes and we can see it developing year well, by year and if the audience wants to vote for something that's what the people's choice awards is for you yeah. know and you know and the mtv movie awards and we need those things too yeah. and also you vote with your wallet yeah, if do- you show up to a movie they will make plenty more movies if enough people go to see it, because that's why the market is so oversaturated with superhero movies, because that's what got hot. And now we're dealing with it because we have how many super movies a year that come superhero movies a year that come out. Yeah. You know that, um, after the infinity stone, infinity war stuff, I wonder what's going to happen. That, that, that's like the big, like, well, and we're, and we're that's coming the big down close of Marvel. I think we're thing. coming down off of, I think we will see a decline in superhero movies because I think that studios, well, I mean, let's look, we talked about the disaster that is the DC yeah. movie universe currently. Well, I, I guess think Disney we will just start might, making three star Wars movies. A I year. mean, at some point maybe <laughs> Disney will just be the only movie studio that exists. <laughs> They'll own everything and maybe they'll make it right because they're doing something right because their movies are all a hit. So anyways, we're we're getting off of of the topic. (laughs) Ultimately, yes, criticisms of the Academy can be fair because at the end of the day, yes, it is the movie industry patting themselves on the back and rewarding themselves for a year's worth of movies. And there are thousands of 62-year-old white men in the Academy. So there's fair criticism to the lack of diversity that... Yes. is hopefully improving. I think that's very and true, And should too. be a lot more fair and accurate as far as nominations and true awards. And I mean, there's always going to be flaws in the system. Like, Yeah. It's, as long as marketing is an aspect of it to some extent, but you can't get away from it not being, too. Yeah, I it'll only improve though. Just I just think like I can agree. There's definitely we're definitely moving in a the current a good direction. Pursue. I think I will say that the hardest thing when we talked about the uh, best picture nominations expanding from five to ten, and mm-hmm. then now based on the system where it's anywhere between five and ten, and we talk about how this year not a lot of very popular movies have made it into the best pictures. I think that the movie studios are making 
the problem that runs into the whole problem of what I've said, where like mid-sized movies aren't made anymore. Budgets of yeah. 50 to a hundred million isn't really a thing anymore because it's too much of a gamble for, to hope that the audiences will show up. Yeah. You can put, you can invest $150 million into a superhero movie and know that you'll probably get your return, which is, so that's a safe bet. Or if you're going to make an Oscar movie, you can make it for five or 10 million and it, you can make it well and have it done well. And then it's a safe bet because you can make that money back pretty easily. Yeah. Almost. And not sure. worry about the fact that it could be a flop if you release it to a wide audience. Yeah. I think that's what some people are responding to too. There's no middle ground anymore. You make small time movies and you hope that you can make the money back, which a lot of times they do, or you make huge movies and just bank on that and make a ton of money from them too. Yeah. Or your paranormal activity and you spend every now, but every now and then you get a surprise <laughs> or I mean, even get out. They did not expect that get out was going to do what it did. Yeah. But why would you make a movie for $80 million and spend a whole lot of money on marketing it too and not get your return? Like that's a terrifying prospect for a lot of studios and studios. One huge move, like green lighting one huge movie with a big budget like that, that bottoms, it could be disaster for your yeah. studio. So the studios don't do it anymore. Hmm. Money, man. Yes. Yeah, so let's move into the actual, now we're way off course, but <laughs> so I'm going to bring it back to how movies get chosen for nominations. Yes. How the nominations are chosen. We can talk about this year's nominees and our picks. And then I think that mostly, uh, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> oh wow i'm just Ugh. stimulating you the so oscars greatly. are so <laughs> exciting <laughs> well i guess you're not gonna make it through the four-hour ceremony are you uh what today no i meant oh, watch oh. It and, no i'm gonna watch it well i won't. it might I'm be, be on a plane back from it might Mexico. be done Ooh, it might be done in portions i can i can do it in bite sizes okay so we're gonna quickly run through the voting process for nominations so essentially, once movies are nominated, which is the phase that we're in right now, any member of the Academy can vote for any category. Yeah. Um, it's a little different for the nominations. They do encourage you not to vote if you haven't seen all the nominees in a category or if you don't understand the category. So if it's a technical category and you don't really understand what they're doing, they encourage you not to vote in that. But obviously, you still can no matter what, if you're a member of the Voting Academy. You for think the a final lot of these ceremony. people that have voted have seen... All no, they don't see all those. Films. No, <laughs> which is a criticism, a fair marketing. We're talking about marketing and versus quality. Yeah, if you, I've never heard of any of the movies in the foreign language. Well, film I didn't section. go for that either because I don't know what any of them are either. <laughs> I didn't go see them. So, did they Anyways. come out in America? Yeah, yes, because here are the qualifications oh, for okay. getting your movie Oscar nominated. So to be nominated, your film must be a feature length, which is defined as a minimum of 40 minutes, except for the short film subject awards. It has to open in the previous calendar year from midnight at the start of January 1st to midnight at the end of December 31st in L.A. County, California. It has to play for six, seven consecutive days. And the producers must submit an official screen credits form online before the deadline. If it's not submitted between the defined deadline, the film will be ineligible for the Academy Awards in any year. The form basically includes the production credits for all the categories. So it says who did what and defines those clearly. Yes. Um, uh, the documentary and foreign language films have other stipulations. I didn't get into that because not to say that those categories don't matter. I don't pay as much attention to those categories. Okay. 
Um, I'll vote on it. So those are basically the qualifications to even get your film nominated in the first place. You have to go through all those things. So one thing that is interesting, we can talk about Mudbound, which is actually a Netflix production. So if the first place that that movie ran was on Netflix on the internet, it would be ineligible. The movie has to open in theaters within the calendar year and run for seven consecutive days in LA County, Did Netflix California. literally just run it for seven days in California? It's 100% possible. We can talk about last year. The rules changed for the documentary awards because last year, do you know what they, you know what won best documentary last year? OJ Made in America. How did most people see OJ Made in America? Netflix. It was a 30 for 30 documentary that oh. ran on ESPN that was eight hours long and they ran it over five. I watched it. It's an incredible documentary. It won both the Emmy and the Oscar because they produced the movie, put it in the movies, ran it for seven days, despite the fact that it's eight hours long, then put it on TV, but it was eligible for the That's Oscars. That's crazy. They changed the rules, not specifically because of it quote unquote <laughs> when they changed the rules they did not specifically say that we're changing these rules because of oj made in america but everybody knows that yeah they yeah for sure um the tabulation for the oscars just by the way is done by pricewaterhousecoopers it's an accounting firm it takes a long time to do the nominations but the actual tabulation for final awards once they're voting on the award winners from the nominations only takes like three days hmm because it's just what, whoever vote, whatever vote gets it wins. Yeah, that makes sense. So for the nominations, it's a very complicated process, which I will try to get through as easily as I can. Okay. So for the nominations, first off, I want to say that the branches vote for their specific nominations. So actors can nominate for the actors. Directors nominate directors. Writers nominate the screenwriting awards. That thing just kind of makes it a little easier there. Hmm. So the you get your nomination ballot and voters are asked to list up to five names ranked in order of preference. So one, two, three, four, five. You are encouraged to follow your heart because the voting process doesn't penalize for picking eccentric choices. So if you pick that random movie that you, only you saw and nobody else saw it, your nomination ballot isn't going to be messed up really because of that. And we'll see why. Hmm. Uh, if you list the same person or the film twice, it doesn't help your cause. In fact, it actually is less of a chance that your ballot will get counted. So once they get all the nominations in, a magic number is devised for each award category. This number is calculated by taking the total number of ballots for that category and dividing it by the number of possible nominees plus one. Okay. So for Best Actress... If 600 ballots were received, there are always five nominees. So you divide 600 by six, which is 100, and that's your magic number. Hmm. So you have to basically get that many picks in order to get nominated. The magic number is important because as soon as a potential nominee reaches that number, they're automatically a nominee. So if the ballots come in and there's in this situation with 600 and you need 100, if Emma Stone last year got 101, first choices on the nomination ballot she's automatically a nominee because the ballots are sorted into piles based on each voter's first choice selection a nominee must have at least one first choice vote to be eligible and if any nominee reaches the magic number based solely upon first choice selections they're in as i kind of just explained so once they put them into the categories if 
however many people have reached that magic number, they're automatically all nominees. Okay. Um, now we have a certain number. We have to fill out the rest of the slots. So if people didn't reach the magic number and there's still open spots on the nomination ballot, we have to fill those in. The actress who received the fewest first place votes is eliminated. Those ballots are redistributed to the other piles based upon those voters' second place selections and another round of counting begins. Hmm. Does that make sense? So you basically take the lowest number of first place votes and then you mark out the first place vote and you put the second place votes in. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So the actress who has the fewest ballots in her pile is... Oh, I did that already. Oh, yeah. Redistributed to the other piles based on the voters' second choice. And then it goes to third, fourth, fifth, going on through there. The magic number also drops as ballots are voided. So if 12 ballots are voided, so if we get through that whole ballot and none of them counted, then the magic number decreases. Hmm. Actress or potential nominees. I used as I used actress in this scenario so okay. here they continue to be eliminated and ballots redistributed until five nominees reach the current magic number or until there are only five nominees left so basically to explain what this process means it's better to have a small but passionate group of people who love your film rather than a larger but less passionate group it explains how a small foreign movie can get nominated in major categories because enough supporters can put it as number one and number two to let it squeak in rather than having a lot of four or five, like yeah. getting listed as fourth and fifth on people's nomination ballots. It's not good because it lessens the likelihood that you'll actually end up in the. Yeah. If everyone running. thinks you're number five best, but only a hundred or a fifth of the whatever portion of people voting think you're number one best then that number one best that's only a fifth has a better chance in that everyone thinks you're number five. Yes. If a whole bunch of people put you as number one, but it's like not as many people, Mm -hmm. that's better than being everybody's number four or number five. And I will tell you that that happens every single year to some extent. If you look specifically the categories that I think this happens in is supporting actor and supporting actress. Mm. Because supporting actor and supporting actress have less screen time typically than a lot of other people. I think that a lot of people, I think that that's one of the harder categories for them to tabulate because I think that a lot of different people get written in on that. And so basically what happens is, is people who are quote unquote locks as like third or fourth, like everybody knows they're probably not going to win, but we think they're still going to get nominated. Those people, a lot of times somebody like that gets pushed out just because they're written down as four and five on people's nomination ballots. And then somebody else comes from behind and collects a lot of random first and second place ones and then ends up getting nominated instead. Excuse me. Crazy, but it makes sense with the way the, I mean, yeah, the way that it, and so best picture works the same way, um, essentially as what we've determined. It's just that you have, so they go through and that's how it can be anywhere between five and 10 people. You have to reach the magic number for best picture. Did I explain that pretty clearly? You think? Yeah. I mean, I understood it all the way through and I had never heard of this voting process before. Oh, I had no idea it was it's, that complicated. I forgot on Wikipedia, it links it to a certain specific t- style of voting. It is a, like well-known like you can vote like this on other things and this is just the process that the academy uses yeah so i mean it i was very confused by that too i was uh had to I'm read sure, through yeah i had to read I, through if it i had times. read that if you were reading time. it it's kind of complicated 
but um, yeah. it's a specific style of voting, but I think it's a pretty good option. It does leave a couple people out every now and then, but it's the best thing we got. Um, anyways, so like I said, directors nominate directors and that sort of thing, but once the nominations are announced, every Academy member gets a full ballot, so people actors can vote for director. Actors can vote for sound mixing. Directors can vote for best original song. Once the nominations are decided, you can vote for whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that? Yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. I, I um, know. And now everybody understands I have received the very so much information nomination <laughs> process. All right. <laughs> and now we can move hopefully into a part that a lot of people will find most interesting is where we talk about the nominations for this year. I'm ready. I did want to run through a couple of categories too. If you're going to watch the Academy Awards, you'll notice that earlier on in the telecast, there will be a lot of awards that you won't necessarily understand because they're the technical awards. They start with those? Well, they sort of drop popular ones in between because they know that they don't want people to stop watching. Mm. So in between the mixing of performances for original song, they always throw supporting actress out there really early. That's one of the earliest awards, but it's also one that people will recognize the nominees for. So, but a lot of the earlier categories are technical categories, best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, always saved for the end. Mm, Okay. Um, so with category meanings, I did want to talk about a lot of people don't really know the difference between best actor and best, uh, supporting actor. There's actually not any official rules for what constitutes supporting versus best actor. Um, it's really just what your studio sort of defines you as and what they think you can probably win as. So there's no official determining eligibility. So screen time doesn't matter. It all matters huh. what they basically put you in. And why last year we saw uh, Viola Davis won Best Supporting Actress for Fences, despite the fact that she was obviously the lead actress in the movie and she got way more screen time probably than any other nominee in the category. But This they, doesn't make any sense. The studio felt like they that she would win supporting actress if they nominated her for that, and so they stuck it in there. Or we can talk about Anthony Hopkins, who won Best lead actor for silence of the lambs but is in the movie less than 15 minutes it yeah. all depends on how they how the studio basically markets you sometimes it can backfire because yeah this seems a little absurd to if me. people put you in if we were both if you thought somebody was lead actor and i put them as supporting actor it can like mess up your nomination because maybe you won't even get nominated because people put you in different categories and you just split if you split the votes between two Uh, categories it's really going to mess you up so you'll see a heavy push if they're trying to put somebody in supporting or lead or like last year i think or the year before with carol which is a movie that has kate blanchett and rooney mara in it they basically got equal screen time kate blanchett competed in lead and rooney mara competed in supporting because the studio didn't want them competing against each other they wanted to try to get them Uh, both to win i see it's just a complicated process that doesn't really matter. I just wanted to tell people that there's basically no difference. It just matters on how your studio no. supports you and tries to basically use the marketing to win you an That's Academy good Award. to know. <laughs> that is the most flawed portion of yes, this. Yes, it's uh, definitely not the I've greatest. Because, uh, I mean, somebody competing if they have 10 minutes of screen time versus somebody who has 30 minutes of screen time is yeah. really not very fair. Although I will say... Yeah, or if you're the main um, actor, actress in a film and you get a win best supporting well i will tell you i really wanted yeah viola davis really was just trying to get that oscar last year because she's and i'll tell you i don't 
I don't fault her for that at all because she's an incredible actress and I thought she had deserved it at other times when they gave it to somebody else. Actually, at least like two times I thought that that happened. Um, but her studio just felt they, I'm sure they asked her and they said, do you feel, which one do you want to be in? And cause a lead might've been harder for her to win supporting. There wasn't any competition the whole way through. Yeah, that's fair. So she went home with it and she's got it sitting on her mantle or something. <laughs> and I'm not mad about it cause she deserved it. <laughs> cool. Okay. Okay. So cinematography, if you don't know what cinematography is, uh, the cinematographer or director of photography is the chief over the camera and light crews working on the film. Basically they, that person selects the camera, film stock lens filters, etc., And they work really closely with the director to uh, convey the director's vision. A lot of times you'll see the cinema people who cinematographers and directors work very closely together. So you'll see the same ones kind of popping up specific directors like to, if they've worked with somebody before and they know that they like their style and they understand what they want, mm-hmm. they'll use the same one. You'll see a lot of team work on those. Yeah. Cinematographers, you know, they translate director's visions into actual images. Yes. You know, you point, you point the camera, but also, I mean, you set up uh, just, you know, framing oh, yeah, framing and all sorts of like creative motion. I mean, camera motion is a huge thing. Like the camera mm-hmm. isn't always on a tripod, like, and the, all the technologies that time, goes yeah. with that. Yeah. It's very technical and creative at the same time. And how, if the film was, if the film is uh, like historical, if it's been set in a different period, yeah. the kind of look that you want to achieve oh, yeah. to make it color. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, one in, two interesting little tidbits here from 1939 to 1967, excluding 1957, there were separate awards for black and white and uh, color cinematography. Interesting. Um, since 1967, when it was all just one category, only one black and white film has won since then, and it was Schindler's, Schindler's List, List in I knew 1993. That, yeah. mm-hmm. I could have told you. It's not that. completely in black I and didn't white. There know is a that. little color, but there's yeah, it's critical to the movie. And but. I think we had a recent nominee that was in black and white too, because I think Nebraska was nominated and it was all in black and white. I haven't seen that. I haven't either, but I just mm-hmm. know that that's it was a in black and white. Um, and one fun little thing we get to talk about is Rachel Morrison this year became the first woman to receive a nomination for best cinematography. Um, before this happened, it was the last Academy Award nominated never had, uh, excuse me, the last Academy Award category to have never had a female nominee. Oh, so every category has had a female I mean, obviously, except now. for actor. But yes, oh, okay, ones where they're saying. mixed. Yes. This is the last one that never had a woman nominated. Sick. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so for film editing... Uh, if you don't know what film editing is, a film editor works with the raw footage, selecting shots and combining them into sequences, which create the final motion picture. So basically the director and the cinematographer. So the movie gets completely shot and then it's given to somebody who essentially takes those pieces and puts them together into the movie. It's actually really, I will tell you that when I was in film production classes, directing was fine but i loved film editing taking what we had shot and what i had shot and deciding at what point the shots switch in between and where they go what order they go in is so fun and interesting in a different world i was probably like a film editor i mean it holds it's really cool and you can make completely different things one interesting one exercise i think we kind of did at once one time in film class is if you give everybody the same footage and see how they see how they edit it it's 
completely different depending on two different oh, yeah. people. It's very cool. And you literally it, have infinite options. That's the thing. You yeah. can do anything you want. You can you do wanted. whatever you want and yeah. you can change it in any way that you want. And it's really cool. It's really fun. And honestly, without film editors, we don't ever think about this a lot, but without a good editor, it can a, a good editor can make or break your movie. Yeah. It can completely change the whole thing. Um, oftentimes, sometimes now we talk about auteur where somebody envisions the film, writes the film, directs the film themselves. Uh, two directors have won this award that, so they were the director and they actually edited the film themselves. Uh, James Cameron won for Titanic and Alfonso Cuaron won for gravity. And then a lot of directors have been nominated as well. Um, off the people that I recognized were Joel and Ethan Cohen mm-hmm. were, have been nominated under their alias Roderick James. Uh, Michael has who was the what? artist, the guy that directed the artist and one for the artist. Oh, okay. He has edited films before hmm. and Jean-Marc Vallée has been nominated under his alias too. So that's a little interesting thing. And yeah. I cannot, I really can't imagine. It's kind of funny because of course I'm just taking my like film production class experience into here, <laughs> but um, I can never imagine not editing it after I shot it mm-hmm. because everything that I made was obviously personal. We had to conceive everything ourselves. So not pick, not being the deciding factor in the editing just seems kind of bizarre to me. Someone could butcher your film. You yeah. Think about uh, yeah. You're giving this person something that you worked, spent a lot of, but again, we're talking about in the industry, we will see, we've seen a lot of people, a lot of directors have specific people that they like to work with because they understand that those people will get their vision. If you're talking about an actual, like an artistic movie. Yes. Uh, to run through a couple of other categories really quickly, production design was previously known as art direction and two people are nominated. It's the set designer and then the set director. So basically production ah. design is sets. Yeah. Um, just interesting here. The most wins and nominations. Cedric Gibbons in this category has won 11 times and been nominated 39 times. Which one of these did he work in? I don't know. I didn't look them up, but he's been nominated a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> They're probably, it could be a little older stuff. Um, also, uh, one guy has been nominated 15 times and never won. His name is Roland Anderson. <laughs> Roland Anderson. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hate that. When somebody's been nominated so many times and they never won, it seems like awful. Wait, who did you say was nominated a bunch for? Cedric Gibbons won and was nominated a lot. Okay. Is he dead? Yes. Oh. As of 1960. Oh, look at that. (laughs) He was basically nominated every single year since the Oscars began until he died. (laughs) Wild. Okay. Occasionally you'll see people nominated in this, especially in these technical categories. Sometimes people get nominated twice in the same year. I think that's always fun when they're competing against against themselves. themselves. Although I don't think conflicted. I don't think that actors and actresses, I wonder if they look in the mirror. I don't think they're allowed to (laughs) compete against themselves. I don't think you can be nominated for two different films as an actor. Yeah. Double jeopardy. That's hard, but you definitely can for, I've seen scroll like scores, the people who write the musical score, those people have definitely been nominated against like themselves Johan, before. Johansson, people like that. Really, really big time. Zimmer. Players. That one is an interesting category because you see the same names come up all the time. There's like the six there. people that are trusted in the film industry. Oh, that true. are all on there a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last two categories I just wanted to go through in case people were going to watch sound mixing and sound editing. So sound mixing is the finest or most euphoric sound mixing or recording, which is given to 
sound mixers and re-recording. So basically they take the sound recordings and they put them into the film Mm -hmm. in the right spots and make sure that, that if there's music behind somebody, you can still hear what the person's saying. If the music is supposed to get louder or get softer in certain points or the sound in general. Foley. Um, Actually that's for sound editing. What? Which is uh, given to the film that exhibits the finest or most aesthetic sound design or sound editing. That's basically the sound effects. The oh, mixers take the right. different They use things. the Foley, but they don't create the The mixers foley. take the different sounds and put them at their levels, basically. And then the yeah, editors yeah. make sure that the sound is... Which there's a good. lot that goes into sound. Have you ever oh, recorded gosh. a podcast? I will tell you. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, I'll tell you. I hated doing the sound stuff. As fun as film editing was in my production classes, sound stuff yeah, do you was wanna, not an enjoyable experience. Since it's Oscars week, do you want to like edit it. this episode of the podcast? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was not fun. I did not like it. Yeah, trying to like capture the sounds and like put them in the right spots and stuff. Oh god, it was so annoying. I but, mean, I mean, it. Uh, people who can do it, I'm impressed with them. Uh, I did have just a little couple of trivia things, which are fun, okay. especially that relate to best picture and best director. Of the 89 films that have won best picture, 62 are also given best director. So most of the time, if somebody wins, if best picture and best director go together the same awards oh, win wow. 62 times that's happened out of the 89 times that, that is awards are given. Um, actually, interestingly in the last five years, I think that has only happened one time though. I think mm. we are moving away from, they're starting to decouple. I think that, yeah, they're not going to be as frequently done together. Um, only four movies have ever won best picture without having their best director, uh, without getting a best director nomination. Those are Wings, which was 1927-28, old. <laughs> Grand o- Hotel, 1931-32, old. Driving Miss Daisy in 1989, and Argo. Ah, Argo? Infamously, Ben Affleck didn't get a Best Busted. Director nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that the film won. I yeah. think that, I think he felt, I th- him and, um, what's, uh, I don't want to say that because I don't, she stands on her own, the director of... Hurt Locker, Catherine Bigelow. Uh, what I didn't want to say was I didn't want to say James Cameron's ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow, because uh, okay. that gives him, it makes him sound more important ever, than her. I didn't know they were ever married. Yeah, they were. Catherine Bigelow, she didn't get nominated for. We'll just start um, referring to him as Catherine Bigelow's ex-husband. Yeah, we should. We can. <laughs> um, when she did uh, Zero Dark Thirty, both of them that year kind of fell victim to small, passionate groups because the guy who did beast of the southern wild oh that's a good movie i think his name's ben silent or something i don't, I don't remember know. and michael Hasnavacious was nominated that year for amour both of those people didn't really we didn't expect them to get a nod and then yeah. they got in i think that's what happened probably with paul thomas anderson and phantom thread too mm, yeah i don't think he deserved it he's, <laughs> he's the bottom of my list on that one um, like, oh, I was always going to say four of the last five times, the top two awards for director and best picture have been split. So nice. Uh, we actually might see that happen this year too. I'm pretty confident. All right. So now that I've bored some people to death, probably a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> I only yawned three times, <laughs> but now everybody's so educated. They can watch and they can know. That's I true. Feel like that's what I just wanted. It's good information. Do. It's very good information. It's way more educational than, uh, 
than what we normally give out here. So you're yes. welcome. If you're listening, you're welcome. I you hope learn. That, I hope you have in, I hope you've enjoyed the discussion to some yeah. extent. We I just do gave always you all that information that. for free. But also you're a little more knowledgeable in the process of the Oscars, so maybe you can watch them and uh enjoy them possibly a little bit more. Yeah, and maybe be optimistic about the future and yeah. uh you know, just in general about the uh the thing that is awards for movies, which I know I, in general people that don't watch them are negative about them is from what i understand well i feel like i also feel like if people maybe understood certain things about it you might enjoy it more if you don't know what sound editing or sound mixing means then you're not going to enjoy hearing who won for it and the technical categories a lot of those are movies that people like more they're blockbusters because specifically with sound you have to have cool sound effects and Mm -hmm. they have to be used in the right way so that it, so that the film works and so you'll see in technical categories a lot more maybe blockbuster or crowd pleasers when i mean visual effects is an award too so yeah it's really i think it really is fun and interesting to actually think about these categories more so in a in a you know have a to have a deeper understanding of them and then as you watch movies to think about yes. each of those roles and like just the number of factors that make a movie as entertaining as it is yeah, for I a mean, medium and the amount of work that goes into each little piece of that, like I, just the yeah. sound editing, just the sound mixing, you just almost, the cinematography, were, just the acting. You have to specifically the music. almost watch the movie and think, this is what I'm supposed to... It kind of gives you a way to pay attention to certain things more and to yeah. think like you can watch and you can look for those things. Once I had learned about those things too, I started picking out things. Yeah. Sometimes I think more when I go to see a movie about maybe the score and how it works with the yes. movie or how the sound effects work mm-hmm. or all of those different things, which is, it's an interesting aspect yeah, or good editing and maybe, yeah. And we'll talk, we'll get into these a little more. I think when we go through the actual nominations now, because I think people would like to hear that. Um, and we can talk about them a little bit too. Okay. How, how do you want to do this? Do you all right. Well, like- I want to start at the lame, not lamer, <laughs> less, less knowledgeable, I guess, categories. Wow. They're not really lame. I will say that, I only went through and voted for ones that I had seen most of the nominees for and yeah, I, had I'm sure we're going to be on the same about. page for those things. Like, so I can't I, vote for, I didn't do live action short film yeah, or animated short film. Don't worry about I didn't that. go through the documentaries. Never seen any of them. I don't think, um, I, haven't. I didn't I should, do though. makeup and hairstyling. I mean, I have only seen Darkest Hour, so it's unfair for well, me. Well, that's what I said too. I I've I heard think of we Wonder, can though. also I've talk about our Vic- predictions. Victoria and Abdul, I've never heard of that. That ha- it's a movie with Judy Dench and she plays the Queen of England and she mm. travels to India and makes friends. I haven't seen it either, but I didn't even do for those first four categories. I didn't even pick out the predictions because I wasn't I don't sure. Know. Yeah. I wasn't able to predict it. Yeah. I will tell you for makeup and hairstyling, Darkest Hour is probably going to win for Popularity the Winston, contest. For yeah. the Winston Churchill. Oh yeah, that's makeup. true. That's that why. was incredible. Yeah. Which and Wonder is um, nominated for that also because they did the makeup for the little boy in that movie. I he has I remember some the, sort of that's, face he had the astronaut helmet on, right? Mm-hmm. In the advertisement. Yeah, I never saw Oh, you're right. Okay, I know what that movie is. Yep. So he that's how that one got that nominated. Makes but I think Darkest Hour is probably gonna take that. Uh best visual effects. Did you vote for visual effects? Um I did it's tough. This is a oh, tough that's one. That's a tough category. It's well, a lot of good visual we'll effects. See, we'll see that movies. in a lot of these. I think we'll say, Oh, this is a really tough category. 
because again, a lot of this is going to be based on personal taste. I'll tell you flat out when I chose things that I just liked better than other things. Yeah. But it's, a lot of, all of these things are great. I but. mean, it's crazy. I, I, <laughs> and they're different. I looked You're at talking this about category. different yeah. effects sometimes. I got, I got down to the bottom of this and I like, I mean, tell me if you're talking about between okay, two different so, ones, then no, say that. My top three are Blade Runner, Star Wars, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Okay. War for Planet of the Apes, literally how good they've gotten at making those apes look real on screen. It's uncanny. It's it's terrifying yeah. how good that they've become at that. And I, I saw that movie. Going to that movie, I was like, this is going to be garbage. And I was like... I was shocked at how good it was. <laughs> I was just taken aback. So yeah, that one, like I ended up with that one third. I'm a sci-fi guy okay. for sure. So that is science fiction, you know, but space, outer space is my jam. So okay. Blade Runner and Star Wars carry a little more of those elements in that sure. art style that I'm into. So Star Wars is flashier, but right. I don't think it creates as unique or interesting a visual universe at this point okay. as Blade Runner 2049 did. Okay. That's and fair. it's, I, you know, does, uh, does colorist work fall into visual effect or that's what I almost got into that. I don't know. When I was trying to look at that, I didn't vote because for visual effects because I haven't seen the enough colorist of these movies, work goes into visual effects. The colorist work in Blade Runner 2049. Well, certainly these people work amazing. together. They have to work together. Visual effects yeah. goes hand in hand with, cinematography because the cinematographer is also going to have input on that yeah i would it's hard to tell with some of these categories i would I think give it to crazy, blade runner 2049 even though star wars is what i think is going to win it because some of the explosions and things in star wars look better than i've ever seen explosions look interesting in a movie. i don't think that's going to happen um my predictions which by the way most of my most of my predictions were based on the gold derby sort of it's a website and they basically just oh. track what it looks like things are going to win in okay. all on all kinds of different awards yeah. circuits. Uh, they have war for the planet of the apes. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Also because war for the planet of the apes has been nominated like three times or the planet of the apes movies have been nominated every time and never won. So I think there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Too, this but. is also by far the best one. They have really done a good job. So that doesn't, I'm, I'm cool with that. All right, cool. Sound editing sound editing um, i did not vote for because i that's especially i haven't especially seen with the sounds it's i haven't hard. seen baby driver and i know that's going to change my opinion on this category because that's a it's a that movie has a lot to do with sound and hearing yeah. but um, blade runner 2049 i've never heard so many cool i just in my life <laughs> yeah i don't pay attention very much to sound unless i'm specifically yeah and you haven't seen blade runner it. right and i haven't seen a lot of these either no yeah blade um, runner the sounds just the synth the poopy synth like farting noise sounds sci-fi oh like, i see what you're saying yeah, it's, oh, that's oh interesting. it's crazy cool and then you have to i never even thought about that and even when i was going through some of these categories i started thinking about them in different ways and i was like oh like you have to think about this or that i'll talk about it when i get to production yeah. design but uh actually the predicted winner for that is dunkirk i mean the sound of guns and mm -hmm. bombs and stuff because yeah, they're not really good because the sound sounded good i'll tell you <laughs> and you know why it's because when you shoot a movie like that 
you don't have microphones picking up those sounds. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. All of those sounds. Just the massive scale of getting it to sound realistic. All of those fit. sounds are produced later on in order to go that with. That is exhaustive. Yeah. Yes. See, that's what it is. And again, when you think about shooting a movie, you think that people just show up with their camera and they point it at something and it runs. That's not right. Like the, <laughs> ca- the microphone will not pick up those yeah. sounds correctly. So you have to do them in a studio later. So True. That's always so interesting, I think, uh, to go with sound mixing. Did you do anything on that? Did you um, work for that? Sound mixing? That's, uh, man, it's the same. Is it the same? Those kind of go hand in nominees. hand. A lot of the times, a lot of the times the two win together. So we will yeah. probably see a Dunkirk I mean, I would win. put it black. I would put it back on Blade Runner just because, I mean. It's probably, I mean, it's going to be Dunkirk. These are pretty solid. Although I will say that for sound mixing, no, it's not. Blade Runner is going to get shafted this year, isn't it? (laughs) It wasn't well received typically by the Academy because at one point people thought that, I mean, Denis Villeneuve, I don't know how to say his name really, but it's the guy who did Arrival and he snuck into the director race last year for Arrival, I think. Yeah. Um, He's pretty well received by the, but Blade Runner wasn't. They thought, I think they had high hopes for it. It didn't pan out. Interesting. Um, for original score, did you vote for this? Um, I did vote for this. I voted for this too. And I went through and listened to a couple of, uh, the, of the scores. Did any of them stand out to you specifically? Multiple ones? Um, I don't remember anything about the three billboard score. That was my I first I didn't thought. either. And when I went back and listened to it, I was like, oh, I mean, it's kind of countryfied, folky. But yeah. I wasn't. The two remember, that really stood out to me here were uh, Phantom Thread and Shape of Water. Same. I was about to say Dunkirk and Star Wars. Yeah, they're good, but they're not anything new to me. And Dunkirk is really low key to me. It's a Hans Zimmer, which we know Hans Zimmer's specialty is kind of building oh, and building he's and be building. Good at it. Yeah. But I've heard better stuff from Hans Zimmer, I think. And yeah. also a Inception. big point, a big point that hit to a weak spot for me was that at the end of Dunkirk, when we're kind of spoiler alert inspired because they get the soldiers spoiler home alert. And, <laughs> i mean yeah it's part of history people should know but when they're doing that and they're bringing them home i remembered that we were basically actually just listening to an edward elgar nimrod variations they didn't use original music for that oh. so that kind of i kind of thought uh that's that curious yeah me. phantom thread would be my pick just because of the period based also i thought shape of water was actually lots gonna have strings, cooler music yeah lots of strings for um phantom thread which i thought was really interesting when i was listening to it i still voted for shape of water i really like but that's just a taste thing too yeah i like the way I mean, that shape of water was it was curious and the, mystical and like yeah it and fit. it's kind of and sometimes it's a little um i just it think has a lot of tension built into it it's kind of that's it true does a nice job of bringing tension in without being overt so i kind of liked that yeah I just think uh, Phantom Thread, I would have walked out had it not had the soundtrack that it had at points. So <laughs> I, uh, think it, I think Phantom it was Thread the highlight could play, of that movie. I think Phantom Thread could play spoiler. I've seen a little bit where it's gaining a little traction with the... Uh, by the way, voting ends for the actual Oscars on Tuesday. Okay. Today's Sunday. So, so there's still a couple of days in. People listening. are still getting their votes <laughs> in. Um, but the prediction to win that is Shape of Water. Yeah, I didn't vote for original song. I haven't seen any of Me these Me neither. Um, my prediction or the prediction for that it's the movie about Thurgood Marshall. Oh, it's not nominated for anything else. I don't think, uh, the winner probably there is going to be remember me from Coco. Uh, okay. this is me from greatest showman could play spoiler. Yes. Cool. I think that this is me won the golden globe, but I think Coco's the predicted winner. Uh, that would also be another win for Robert Lopez Anderson. I don't, I don't have his name off the top of my head. He's an EGOT winner. He already has all the awards. Yeah. Cool. He did book of Mormon. 
Okay. And uh, they did, what was it? Frozen. Ah. His wife did Frozen. Okay. Big winners there for that. All right. Production design, which I have oh. thought long and hard so about this category. A one. It's a very tough one because I, production design, now that we know that production design is set design and decorators looking at these four nominees they are all so different so just to run through them oh we weren't even running through all these here but we'll talk about these because i want to talk about all of them so for for production design we have beauty and the beast blade runner 2049 darkest hour dunkirk and shape of water uh i'm gonna knock out darkest hour darkest hour is cool but i don't think the production design itself um i there that one's pretty low on my list i did think they i mean making history realistic in terms of like their houses and things is kind of important. I just thought I wasn't, it wasn't higher on my list. That's also kind of why I cut out Dunkirk because other than location, I guess production design is lighting. I guess that's where that category falls in. Cause lighting lighting is is critical to cinematography. Oh, really? Just to tell you the truth. Yeah. Production design is what they use on the set to capture. It's literally just like set set building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a little bit of art. There's a little bit of artistic of the sets in Dunkirk. Yeah. But most of it's a location. Mm, I mean, they did use like water tanks and things, but then we're also talking about like a boat. It's not as, I don't think that, that's not fair. to take away from it, because obviously, if you're doing anything historical, well, Blade it has Runner twenty forty nine. How much of that was just a green screen? But you're room. talking about sets too. Some of that is sets. I and really? I'll tell you to do production design. I went through and looked at the trailers and kind of the different locations. Also, this one runs a lot in hand with um, cinematography, and I thought the Blade Runner sets really stood out to me. They were just so interesting looking and it's sci-fi oh no yeah sci-fi they're awesome. hard to do so yeah like the desert town versus knew, the if, it futuristic would be better city if versus... you had to think what was a set versus it's, if you're playing with green screen it's going to be really hard because that's going to make it difficult but i actually looking at the trailer i felt like a lot of those were actual sets that they built oh well that Some is of wild because anyway. it's very visually striking it's it has a lot yeah. of variety and it's it's very cool. Um, so, just to okay. run through. Well, and Beauty and the Beast too. If you watch, I, the, see I that, watched Beauty. So. And I w- I've seen it, and I watched the trailer. A lot of that they built sets. They built the town for like that Belle lives in. Wow. They build the. I think they built the woods because, and I think that because I know that for Into the Woods, which also is a fairy tale esque story a movie, and it has a woods set. They built the woods for that set too. So I'm assuming that Disney built a woods set for some of the scenes from beauty and the beast. So to build a castle on the inside and to build a village that bell lives in and to build this woods that they have these scenes in, that's really cool. Interesting stuff too. That's more of like a set versus a decoration. Um, I will tell you though, the one that when I really thought back about all the different sets, the one that I voted for, it was shape of water. Yeah, a lot of the water stuff was very cool. Labs. What they did. Yeah, it has labs. labs and it has apartments, which apartments is because we had at least three different apartments that we saw. Mm -hmm. And because we saw Elisa's, we saw um, her neighbors, Giles. We saw Zelda's. We at one point we saw Octavia Spencer's zelda's apartment we saw yeah, the I actually bad guy's house the production design was one of the strongest points of that movie when you start thinking about all those things that was what sold me on that one so yeah. i voted for that uh it's also that's the prediction i vote for it too water. i agree actually um for film editing i did not vote film editing again you know. we talked about it a lot um but the predicted winner for that is dunkirk which i'm not surprised by considering dunkirk 
is basically three stories yeah. moving all at the same time yeah, the time and alternating shifting. in between them, yep, yep. which gives a lot of credit for that one. And that's I, what Tanya, he's good at. I will say I Tanya is nominated here and that one also is a lot of flashbacks forward backwards. So that one's, I think why it's hanging out in this category too. Dunkirk's yeah. supposed to win baby driver could play spoiler action movies occasionally get nominated for film editing. Like that movie is because you're telling a story and there's lots happening. So yeah. if you, if you look back on previous film editing nominees, sometimes you'll see an action blockbuster that you would be surprised to see nominated for an Oscar, but yeah. they hang out in there. Um, costume design. Uh, and we can thread. read through these really quickly. Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, and Victoria and Abdul. Yep. My vote would be for Phantom Thread out of those. But I, I watched guess those paying attention. The Shape I, of Water fish. He was pretty sick. Um, I didn't those, see Beauty and the Beast. I Darkest between, Hour. Actually, no. That man in Darkest Hour. Is that mostly makeup? That's not really that's a costume. That's makeup. It's not a costume. Yeah. Dang. Um, when I Wait, went is Shape this, of Water more of a... Is the fish man more of makeup or i don't know because a lot of that was cgi i feel like oh okay to some extent so that's visual effects that's not even i don't know i went back and forth on a couple of these beauty and the beast is interesting because it's supposed to be period costumes but it's a disney movie so you know they fool around with those a little bit yeah modern um phantom thread obviously basically the whole movie is about clothing it will win i think yeah it deserves to win i think too um i actually voted for victoria and abdul because just watching the trailer for that i was really impressed by what they did they had to do historical things and there's a lots of very different looking costumes in there so i kind of voted for that not that my vote matters sweet (laughs) Uh, cinematography I voted for so let's run through those real quickly uh, this is my favorite category I thought so long and hard about this I'll tell you uh, Blade Runner 2049 Darkest Hour which we talked about when we w- saw Darkest Hour about what they do with lighting and things like that yeah uh, Dunkirk Mudbound which watch the trailer on Netflix gives you very um, it's history it's American early 20th century in America actually mm-hmm. maybe even 60s it may be like 50s and 60s uh, shape of water I will say that two nominees are missing from here it pains me a little bit that call me by your name is not in here because I walked away from that movie really the cinematography was something I noticed it just gives a great it really captures what I imagine the feel the look of Italy in the 80s was northern Italy Hmm. Um, I thought Phantom Thread kind of was missing from here too. Obviously, if everything is so great, uh, if you watch, like Phantom Thread has a lot of lighting, a lot of that sort of thing, but I will tell you what I voted for just based on the trailer too. And this one is predicted to win and it better win Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I think absolutely. Even just looking at the trailer, so many colors and so So many interesting shots. Yeah, we've talked about the categories and I guess at the end of the day, cinematography is like all these little elements that we talked about, not sure exactly where they go in the technical aspects. Blade Runner 2049 hits them all and should win. Um, yes, and I'll also tell you why I voted for that. Roger Deakins has been nominated 15 times in this category and has never won. But here he is for Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> he probably is going to win now. He actually has five BAFTA wins, which is kind of the British Film Awards. Yeah. He's won five times there. Let me list some of the other movies that he has not won for for you really quickly. Okay. We have Shawshank Redemption, Fargo, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, No Country for Old That's Men, a good one. Prisoners, Unbroken, it's Sicario. It's a good one and skyfall which i will tell you i was pressed a little bit about the skyfall loss i really thought skyfall is incredibly shot 
It so was. here we are. Hopefully, Roger Deakins, your name's going to get called on Sunday and you'll get that <laughs> Oscar finally. Hashtag at Roger Deakins. Please win. We'll tag you on Twitter, Roger. All right. I didn't vote for animated feature. I've nope, never seen it. Coco. I, loving Vincent looks really sweet and I want to see Coco. Coco will easily run away with it. Disney, I don't know, Boss Baby. Disney almost <laughs> always dominates this category in rare exceptions. Well, Loving Vincent, have you seen that at no. all? Anything about it? It's literally um, every like all the frames were done by different artists. Like they took every oh. single frame out. Yeah, you need to pull up. I'll pull up a video of it after this. So if anyone hasn't seen, that's weird. Yeah, if you're into if you're into art painting, because I mean it's like it all looks like a Vincent Van Gogh. The whole movie, it's pretty sick. Right. But um, yeah, that's more of a that's more of an artsy thing that I wouldn't really necessarily expect to yeah, win here. Though this one, pretty. I mean, unless Disney drops the ball, <laughs> they pretty much own this animated feature category. Yeah, or unless somebody comes on really strong. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't vote for foreign language films, so I'll skip that one. Yep. I didn't vote for adapted screenplay. So screenplay always we're getting into these two screenplays. That I didn't give me see a struggle because these, I Logan. haven't seen any of them either. So I didn't actually go back and read them. Yeah. I will tell you that I feel like if you're going to vote for the screenplay, you should read the screenplay. Mm. It's not just about, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll tell you when we talk about original screenplay, cause I did go back and read those, but adapted screenplay just to let everybody know, call me by your name. will probably win. Okay. Um, come by your name is not a necessarily, extremely faithful adaptation to the book because but I mean, it's a it gets, good one. It gets the plot. I mean, the plot's in there, but the book is, it's not about a plot. You know what yeah. I mean? It's about characters and relationships like adaptation. So I was very, I'll tell you, I was very impressed by the adaptation that was done of call me by your name from the book to the screen. Cause okay. I've seen both and I, or I've seen it and read it. Um, and it just was so well done. I thought really got it in a nice way. Cool. I didn't actually read the screenplay though. I did read all the best original screenplays. So that was The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay. Um, and we could talk about what goes into a screenplay and what doesn't. So a lot of these people, actually, all five of the best directors that are nominated this year were also a part of writing the screenplays. So in this category, we have Get Out, which Jordan Peele wrote and directed, Lady Bird, which Greta Gerwig wrote and directed, Shape of Water, which Guillermo del Toro helped write. He wrote it with somebody else. He had a writing partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other two are not nominated for Best Director, but uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Martin McDonough did write and direct this, direct that one too. Ooh, that's interesting. But he was not nominated for Best Director. Wow. Um, so here I read them all. I will start at, um, the big sick is a perfectly lovely little movie that I like a lot. It's really cute, really funny actually. And well done. Nothing about the screenplay screams best. It's very well done, but it just shouldn't unique. be the winner. That's why it's in here. And it's funny. It, the, the, the script is funny. Mm. So, um, that's good. Shape of Water is very faithful to what was on the screen. Um, And it's hard because when we're talking about directors who also wrote them, they already have the idea in their mind of what they want. So it doesn't necessarily show up on the page, I think. One thing is if you're writing a screenplay, which I have taken a screenplay class to, when when you did that, you should... Usually as a writer, you're writing it down for somebody else to come and take what you've written and transfer it to the screen. I will tell you that 
I used to always assume that all of the shot, like picking camera shots and what the film, what the camera focuses on is in the screenplay. None of that's in there. It's mostly literally dialogue with descriptions of locations and people. It's not the camera sees this, the camera sees that we see this. That's not in a lot of screenplays. It can be included in there. If you're as a writer, you're writing it and it's important and you think that this will go with it. So you can see that with some of them. I will say that three billboards has a lot more of that than some of the other nominees do get out has more of it. Lady bird is almost exclusively dialogue crazy so i actually thought going into this before i actually read them i thought that i would have voted for ladybird but actually looking at just the screenplay itself i wasn't as Im- i don't want to say it wasn't impressed because greta gerwig obviously knew what she wanted to do with it because yeah. she was writing it herself but i will say yeah, that but it's interesting that what she put into it between the screenplay and then the actual film was so so much of that was on her as the director that I was actually more impressed by her directing aspect than I was by the writing. Yeah. Because for instance, or by even by the acting, because the character of lady bird in the screenplay, I was annoyed by her in a way and all of the charm and kind of the humor, Saoirse Ronan and Greta Gerwig put that into the film aside from the screenplay. So I wouldn't have voted for that for a screenplay. Actually, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri impressed me more on the screenplay than I would like to admit because we all know that I'm not a huge fan of that movie. Yeah. Uh, my vote here is for Get Out. 100%. If Jordan Peele had wrote this and somebody else had directed it, I think they would have gotten most of what he was trying to communicate just from the screenplay. Very faithful to uh, the movie that you see, except for the infamous alternate ending, which was in the script that I read. Um, in an alternate ending, spoiler alert, he gets arrested for the murder of all those, that family, the main character does, and he goes to jail and he ends up in jail, uh, cause nobody believes his story. It's not your classic Hollywood ending, is it? No, I think that got changed. Although I actually like the, this other end, the real ending of the film better than what was in the script. But so my vote there was get out. Sorry. That took so long. I haven't read any screenplays, so <laughs> I don't know how I'd ever vote for that, but. I think you can still vote. It just, I would have voted. Like if I just looked at the category, I would actually have probably voted for lady bird, but I'm glad that I didn't. Yeah. I guess you vote. I mean, you vote. Do you just vote based on story? Ignoring cinematography and stuff. Yeah. I mean, story is part of it. Story category. Dialogue is part of that. Like, yeah. I mean, if I had to vote on like creativity and meaning of story and dialogue, I would vote for get out. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And I will say too, I'll add get out is predicted to win this. I'm afraid that three billboards might come and snag it. Three billboards is my second choice. This is actually one of the most competitive categories this year because Get Out, Three Billboards, and Lady Bird have literally been neck and neck almost the whole time. Yeah, and I've heard good things about Lady Bird. So I think we could... I would not be surprised to see a shock here. Any one of those three could get called out, I think. I hope and I really... My gut says that Get Out will still win. It could be three billboards, though. Yeah, I I hope not. I I think Get Out was cooler. All right, supporting actress. I voted for we have Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for I Tonya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water. Any particular input here? Um Leslie Manville was the uh sister. Oh in Phantom Thread. Oh, okay. Whoa. Um not the wife. Yeah. Uh who was Octavia Spencer? Not the fish man. She was Zelda. the main character? No. Oh. Oh, um, you're the right. Other the lady. other maid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, she's won before for the help. I haven't seen three of these movies, so I'm going to abstain. 
Okay. Um, the contest here has almost always been between I, Janie for, or Alice, I, Janie, Alice and Janie for I, Tanya and Lori Metcalf for Ladybird. Yeah. Alice and Janie will win this. I will tell you here for it's actor, actress, supporting actor and supporting actress. All four of these people have won pretty much every award on the way up here. And they're probably will all get called out to the Oscar stage on Sunday. Mm. Um, so Alice and Janie will win this category literally barring barring any uh, insane upset in these acting categories they're all what i probably will say but actually i thought laurie metcalf should win for ladybird allison janey played a very hard scrabble like rough and tough mom for tanya harding's mom and i tanya like a hal brooks i don't know what that means the coach of miracle oh <laughs> yes but to the nth degree because she's uh, okay. basically abusive Ooh, so, so more like whiplash Yes, think that. But to me, it didn't have the depth that I wanted. I didn't feel the character. You've seen Whiplash, right? Yeah, oh, but also I understood it there. Yeah, with Tanya, with Allison Janney's character and I, Tanya, I didn't understand why she Just cared so much. Yeah. Like if I mean, so that one was that wasn't my pick, okay. and it's kind of funny because Laurie Metcalf also plays a mother, and in Lady Bird, you get you get that Laurie Metcalf is also a hardworking, tired mom who doesn't understand her daughter. And she's often mad at lady, Bird. like her and lady bird are at odds the entire movie. Yeah. But Laurie Metcalf has a wonderful, very humanizing scene in lady bird. And she did, she did the whole thing. It's very similar roles almost, but in lady bird, it's so understated and just more, subtle and but still understanding like you i feel like you still got the character better in yeah Bird. okay so i would love to see laurie metcalf upset here but i don't think it's gonna happen uh supporting actor we have willem dafoe for florida project woody harrelson for three billboards richard jenkins for shape of he's water he's the bad guy in shape of water no he's the neighbor oh not mm. even michael shannon yeah oh uh, Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, where he replaced Kevin Spacey yeah. in the reshoots. And Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. Well, I haven't seen All the Money in the World or The Florida Project. Me neither. We're operating so on the same tough, ones. But I will I tell you, I did, I did go ahead and vote on this one. Uh, <laughs> Who'd you pick? I mean, Sam Rockwell is the predicted winner. He's gonna, probably going to win. Um, yeah. I just think it's a good character he was given to work with. I just I was annoyed. I Sam mean, Rockwell is I think a great that's the actor. point of it, though. It is, but I voted Woody Harrelson. I just I don't. Some of that was probably just that I, I felt like Woody Harrelson should I have an Oscar. I would but. vote for Woody Harrelson in any category that was given to him, but I don't think in this movie that it's. I don't think he was given as much. I mean, he's totally to number five with. on this list. Like yeah. him and Christopher Plummer are oh, fighting yeah. for fourth and fifth. Like yeah, they Richard were Jenkins would be wins. my second vote, and then I guess really yeah. I, I I mean I really enjoyed that role. I like him as oh. an actor. I I would do that I before I would Jenkins do Woody Harrelson because I don't think Woody Harrelson did a ton to me and he did but it was very it was a very humanizing role i think yeah. and you could see layers i saw layers in just a little bit that he did there yeah so i liked that i mean i i tell you i would i wish i have seen yeah, florida project Richard because Jenkins to be really, really honest i think role. i want to vote for willem dafoe because i heard he's really good in that mm -hmm. and sam rockwell has come on strong later and kind of like people were predicting Willem Dafoe for a long time, but now it's going to be Sam Rockwell. Yeah. So I think that if I saw Florida project, my mind might've been changed and I might've gone with Willem, but mm. okay. Sam Rockwell is going to win probably. I just like to hate on the popular thing too. That's fine. Bit. And I will <laughs> tell you that 
to say this for these four races, which I said were basically decided months ago in terms of acting. Don't be surprised if there isn't a potential upset because as people during the award season as a whole, as people win more and more and more, and because the vote final voting is taking place so late this year, somebody could come on strong and snatch one of these awards from somebody because people feel like they've already been awarded too much or they say, Oh, I'm going to vote for this person because well, this person's going to win. Like it's they've won everything else. Everybody's just going to vote for them. So I'm going to change my vote just because I like Mm. this better. And then it ends up with an upset. (laughs) Weird. Uh, Okay. So moving on to best actress, we have Sally Hawkins for shape of water, Francis McDormand for three billboards, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird and Meryl Streep for The Post. Well, I haven't uh, I've seen three of these. I haven't seen two of them. Which ones haven't you seen? I oh, haven't Lady seen Bird I, Tanya and, I, Tanya and Lady Bird. Yeah. Well, I, Tanya, Margo was great and I, Tanya, I had a hard time again, like I said, when we talked about it, f- believing that she was a 15 year old in some scenes. Yeah, that's so. a little ridiculous. Um, So I wasn't, I mean, it wasn't very, that one's not high on my list. Um, Meryl Streep is great in everything, but the post isn't really. Why didn't they just ch- cast someone that actually looks young? Because then they'd have to do it at two different... They have two actresses doing it. Oh, I see. It was very complicated. She plays her at every... And I, Tanya, Margot plays her from like 15 to 40. So... That's weird. That's pretty weird. She also doesn't really look 40 in those parts either, I don't feel like. Yeah, I don't think she looks 40 either. (laughs) Um, I had trouble with this one. Frances McDormand is probably going to win. Yeah, I um, don't think she actually acted that much, but I don't feel like Sally Hawkins acted that much in The Shape of Water either. Well, I will and t- I don't feel on. like Meryl Streep acted that much in The Post. I feel like this is like... I thought Meryl Streep did great with what she had in The Post. I Francis feel like McDormand, Meryl Streep has I just done the same like... thing for years. I feel like it's pretty similar to her other no, roles. You don't think so? No, get out of here with that. No, I no. always think she brings something different to the table. Watch a couple more of her roles and you might see it. Okay. Um, with Frances McDormand, I feel like I've seen that sort of thing what she did before it mostly just played a lot of anger too. And obviously she was hurt and upset because she felt like her daughter's, she had caused her daughter's death to some extent. And that affected her a lot. It's just, I mean, and Francis already has an Oscar. So I'm always a little turned off by the fact that if you already have one, I like to give it to somebody who hasn't mm. maybe. And who's been nominated a few times. I thought Sally Hawkins did a lot as since she i mean she can't speak so she's signing oh that's, no yeah that that's one fair. part that one scene where she's uh talking giles into going with her to help save him there's such passion in the way that she was signing it i was really impressed by that um i'm gonna I mean it was fine i actually voted here for Sir Ronan and for ladybird because i just thought she was so funny and she took a unlikable like you should hate this character because ladybird is just that annoying 18 year old who thinks she knows everything and but she put it she played it with such humor and charm that I was really impressed by that. Yeah, I guess I would actually pick Sally Hawkins based on my um current knowledge. That's fair. I mean, I would like to see I'm honestly I would be happy with a Sally, Haw- Sally Hawkins or a Saoirse Ronan win, but it's going to be Francis. That's fair too. Um all right, best actor, we have Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Gary Oldman. Me too, 100%. Okay. And he's going to win. Yep, next. Uh, I will say that I wanted to I liked <sighs> Timothy Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name, and before I saw Darkest Hour, I was kind of rooting for him as the underdog, but I'm sorry, Gary Oldman. What is Roman J. Israel Esquire? I don't know, but uh, supposedly Denzel may have that nomination just because people didn't want to vote for 
James Franco for should get a disaster artist game because night. oh god <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh game okay. night Ugh. All right, best director, which is a tough one. We have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Threat, and Guillermo del Toro for Shape of Water. Wow. Um, Dunkirk. I will say Jordan Peele brought a lot of originality to Get Out, but like I said, I would vote for him for screenplay. Yeah, I would. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't think he's the getting awarded would be. there. Uh, I love Guillermo. I love a lot of Guillermo del Toro's work. I liked it in Shape of Water. It was better in Pan's Labyrinth to some extent. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I sat here and I talked about how much I felt like Greta Gerwig really put into being. I haven't a seen Lady Bird, so I can't. Comment. I know, but I will tell you that it was really hard for me to pick here. It was between Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird and Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, and I voted for Chris Nolan. Mm. Did a uh, Birdman? Did that win awards? Your yeah. movie. Uh, Inaratu won back to back for Birdman and then The Revenant. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, one of the only people. Every who's time ever I see, won I haven't seen Lady Bird, so every time I see that, I think of Birdman just because it has the word oh, Bird in it. Birdman I think it's was very super different. good. I'm sure it is, but um, man, Birdman was great. I really liked what Greta Gerwig did, but the fact that Christopher Nolan took this historical event, he put three different stories into it. He envisioned the whole thing beginning to end, and then shot this in on boats and on a beach and uh, the scope of the movie. And he put his own spin, his little, we've talked about his sort of alternative timelines and yeah. And then they time do hopping like and things like just that. Ridiculous, like 3d or some sort of like filming too. They did a lot oh. of like advanced stuff too. Oh, there was a lot of IMAX filming that was done, but also a lot of, I mean, we're talking about big boats and yeah. old school stunts and stuff. So I, I mean, Chris it's the Nolan. definitive war movie of this oh, decade. Yeah. I think so too. And I, I have no idea what the studio did, why they released it in the summertime. Because I think if we were, ta- if that movie had been released closer to Christmas, closer to quote unquote Oscar season, I don't even think a lot of these would be a conversation. I think that Dunkirk yeah. would be running away with it, but because they put it out there, which that's usually when Nolan releases his movies as late summer. Yeah. I think this would be a totally different conversation. And I don't know why they would have done that, but interesting. Anyways, I voted for Chris Nolan. It's probably going to be Guillermo del Toro. He's won the Directors Guild Award and all the other previous ones. That's kind of baffling. I don't really get that as much either. But we're also talking about Shape of Water is really respected by the um, awards circuit. And in a way, we I mean, yeah. we didn't really get it, I guess. Yeah. All right. And now we, we have come to the end here with Best Picture. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out. Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, is it, Missouri. Is it odd to you that I don't feel like I want to give any of these best picture? Oh my god, no, because I have the same <laughs> issue. I have thought and thought and like, thought, and I know. don't know what I would have voted for, and I have no idea. And honestly, I, I think throw that one out. I think that we could see a surprise here. Let's start from there. So the predicted to win here is Shape of Water, and whenever anybody tells me that, I think that's so weak for a I best don't picture. Think, I really don't think that that's going to happen because yeah. I just don't see it. And then Dunkirk is great and probably what I would vote for, but I don't but feel it like it does hap- that much either. But it, yeah, I there's you know that what list, I mean. There's that I'm, little missing piece for me uh, too that I didn't ever it didn't ever just yeah, connect. It's not them Saving all. Private Ryan. It didn't reinvent everything. It just yeah, did it really so well. So I have trouble voting there for that. Um, 
Yeah, and then Get Out is good, but it's just it's scrappy and kind of like best picture of yeah, the year. Like, it seems, I mean, it seems it, a not little, that it's not great, but we're literally yeah. supposed to give this award to the best movie of the year. I even want to like get comedy into comedy horror as the definitive item item for the medium for a year. I that even want to. I mean, Three Billboards is fine, but I didn't like it, so I don't want to vote yeah, for it. No. I will say it has the momentum, and I think that it will sneak up and snag it it's just dull some it's somewhat dull so i had no idea i had no idea what to vote for what would what would you do it i want you to pick one you have to pick one i have to if i have to pick one i mean i guess i'm going to pick dunkirk i'm not going to pick shape of water over dunkirk and those are the two i thought the same thing so you know what i ended up voting for what i voted for (laughs) ladybird it was the one i just liked the most and i wanted to see it again and i it seems timely because it's about (sighs) women and but it's like classic. Yeah, this like is mother- brutal. It it's was, brutally I bad. I voted for it, but I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing here. <laughs> All right, uh, Hollywood, do better. Do better. This year, you need to do better next year. So anyways, we'll see. And that's the because Oscar special. I'm kind of, I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> a little bit in some of the nominees. And I think you're I'm just dis- o- old and jaded, Isaac. Maybe I am, <laughs> and I'm disappointed that it just feels like everything's just they're just running away. Uh, all the actors have like been predetermined, and, and just mm, the ceremony. I don't think it's going to be that interesting. I'll be on a plane back from Mexico, so I won't even get to see it. But yeah. All right, and that's the intro. So now we'll jump into this week at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. Folks. That went on a long, long, long Whoa, time. If you're just now joining us, we're done. That's it. We are. If anybody's still here, we're done. Finally, is it still daytime? And, uh, <laughs> we'll be signing off here literally now because this is we've time. wasted enough. Of your I'm life. Eli. I'm Isaac. And this was the Oscar special.